When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because the demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Hello, welcome to Real Point Exchange. I'm your host, Adam Joined today by my co-host Noah And Chris and it's been a long time since we've done this. Um, I told myself I would always have an episode in the backup, and life happened, and everything got busy, and uh, so this one's going to be going out a tad bit late. Apologize for that. Honestly, after our uh, digitized version of Caleb Stokes, I mean, how can you t- how can you follow that up, Noah? Yeah, like we've been all over the place i've been stuck in ohio for like the past two months so we there's been all sorts of stuff going on (laughs) so so guys here's the fun thing about it like people are listening to this and that is what i wanted it was my 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 wildest and fondest dream i wanted people to listen to it and we're we're getting downloads everything's going great i mean i'm tickled but one of the things i was not anticipating through this was people were actually interested in us? Like, no, you know, it's really surprising. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Everyone should be interested in me. Well, so here's the story. Uh, I think we were, what, two episodes in, maybe three, and uh, Ross Payton over at Real Playing Public Radio, I almost said exchange, I almost bass was that. He's an employee now. But uh, Ross uh, threw the link up on the Facebook group, and all of a sudden we had a spike. And it, for us, previously we were getting about, yeah, on a good day, maybe three or four downloads a day. And then all of a sudden it shot up to like 25 or 30, which was amazing for oh, yeah, us at that awesome. point. And the comments started coming in on the, uh, RPPR Facebook page and several people suggested that we talk a little bit about ourselves, which I wasn't really prepared for. So first off, I think that's what we're going to handle in this episode. Call this our, our mission statement for the podcast or thesis. So if I could retcon this, this would be 0.1 and then we'd had episode one and two and so forth. So we've got the, the horse, I mean, the cart a little bit before the horse, but hey, this this is our fun episode. So we're doing what we can, okay? We're trying our best. Yeah. Hey, there's no manual for this, and I signed up for a fucking class online on podcasting. We're, and we're all Southerners. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Some more than others. Excuse me, boys, while I put down my mint julep, <laughs> I got to pick up the baby. But and I have to uh, go get my um, bath salts from Miami. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, there's there's not a manual for this. I like. I think I heard somebody chuckle a second ago as I was going through the thoughts of yeah, I'll do this. I signed up for a class on Udemy, and they did not ever say anything about talking about yourself. So. I'm going to put it on Udemy. Fuck you, Udemy, and your $10 course. That's what you do. Blame <laughs> everybody else for your problems. No, hey. I was just going to say blame Udemy for everything. Okay. <laughs> I think you actually were pretty helpful. I just <laughs> They don't have a lot of courses on this role-playing um, niche. 
They don't have a lot of courses on creating a role-playing game podcast. Now they did. Big they surprise. Did. Now they did have a course on there to learn how to play the Apocalypse World Engine, which <laughs> yeah, that's fucker was charging twenty bucks. <laughs> of all the games, you need a course to like play. Now, Apocalypse World to, should not be one of them. Let me tell you how to roll dice in Fiasco. <laughs> Yeah, the D six is not being colorblind. <laughs> like, like trying to teach a course on dread. <laughs> the pre- the prerequisite taking the dread course is actually uh, his course on Jenga. Yes. So <laughs> it's really taking two courses in one. It's it's terrible. It, it's just it's a money sink. It's Trump University, basically. <laughs> so this is my this is my spotlight this if this was dragon age this would be my subquest so for you know the the protagonist is going to go along with me so i'll go ahead and shoot through this i'm a 36 year old public educator in kentucky i played role playing games a little bit in my teens and then i picked up a six string and the guy i played with moved away and the other guy i played with turned out to be a little bit creepy and i kind of parted ways with that guy and I didn't think about role playing the games again until I was, God, like 31, 32 and something like that. And I came across actual play podcasts at a recommendation of a former student of mine. Downloaded role playing public radios. Uh, I think it's Night Clerk was the one hmm. with Carcosa and listened to him. <laughs> Trying to nail down a role playing public radio game with Carcosa is a little. <laughs> Very true. I can tell you more about where I was when I started listening to it than actually... Was it Carcosa? <laughs> it was Carcosa. <laughs> but um picked it up, jumped on RPPR forums, found a cup. I found Chris, actually. I think it was Chris or no. I think Chris started the ball rolling on the... uh Trying to get a group together to play on there and played a few games with these guys. Casually mentioned that I wanted to start a podcast, and everybody kind of went in sync with the idea. In fact, they went in sync with it so much that I couldn't puss out on it, and uh, here we are now, six episodes in. So thank you guys for uh, not allowing me to not ever start anything like I usually do. <laughs> not a problem. I will force you to work if you just so just so I can keep myself from working. <laughs> I was totally like still half-assed dragging my feet till you found us a song, which by the way, folks, that beautiful song that uh, serenaded you into the podcast was Critical Hit by Ghost Mice. I don't recall the album. Chris? <laughs> uh, it was from an Andrew Jackson Jihad Ghost Mice split. Okay. So check out their uh, record label, Planet X Records, for more full, full punk goodness. Hey, we get, we get a, we get a theme song. Or an intro song. I can't back out then. And then I actually went ahead and paid a hundred bucks on Black Friday and bought a website. So, you know, start throwing money into it and all that. And, uh, here we go. That, that good old sunk cost fallacy can't back out now. <laughs> Thanks, Logic. It's key to any good marriage, guys. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I'm married to my wife because of the sunk cost fallacy? <laughs> I'm just, hey, I, I'm just saying I'm married to my wife. Yeah. Because of the sun costs. We own property together. Okay. 
that's the, the secret behind any good relationship. <laughs> Spied and dual that's ownership. <laughs> yeah, the kids work on that factor too. You know what the best thing about this is, guys? She'll never fucking know. <laughs> She's not listening to my goddamn podcast. Meanwhile, is she in the other room? No, she's at work right now, and I'm okay. just here with the baby. If only I were so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, go, I, I think I've hogged the spotlight enough. So, with uh, who would like to take the uh, spotlight now? I'll go ahead. So, I'm Noah. Um, I have been in the role-playing scene since about 2008 when Duds and Dragon 4th Edition like first rolled out and like me and a couple friends were like, Hey, let's give this a shot. We've always wanted to like try Dungeons and Dragons and like role playing games and stuff like that. This seems like the thing to get in on. So we did that for like maybe three months and then we moved on to other things <laughs> because Dungeons and Dragons is not great personally. Like Magic the Gathering, collecting beanie babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Punk rock. More like probably drinking. It's like malt liquor, Chris. You know how, like, when you start drinking, you 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 can't quite stomach beer as a teenager, so you're going to drink, like, you know, Mike's Hard Iced Tea or something that tastes like lemonade and not beer, and then, I'm just saying, Judging the Dragons. I drink now, and I still can't stomach beer. Um, But, uh, so yeah, that's basically where I started. Like, I'd always seen, like, Dungeons and Dragons, quote-unquote, like, stuff and like, cartoons and stuff like that, like, that whole... um. Dexter's Lab episode, and I always thought it seemed like something really cool that I'd like to try, but I never really had anybody to attempt it with. So once fourth edition came around, it became the new hotness for like all of a minute. That's when I kind of got in, and then from there we started playing like Shadowrun, which was like a big one, and then like Warhammer Fantasy and Call of Cthulhu and all those other things. And my friends started um, our own actual play podcast. Fistful of Misanthropes, which is still up and kind of running. You can go listen to a bunch of old episodes if you want. But it's kind of defunct now just because life, people move and stuff like that. It's hard to keep a, a group going like that. So then when the uh, No Soul Left Behind playtest came along, I grabbed that because I wanted to actually attempt running like a game because I hadn't done a whole lot of that. And being able to get in on the ground floor of like a really cool campaign that I've been listening to seemed like a really cool thing to do. And that's how I met Chris and Adam. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just sorry for everything I did in that game. <laughs> you should be. You're all monsters. <laughs> but I was the worst. I don't know. Uh, I th- you all were pretty bad. You were player characters. Yes, you were like the ultimate player character, isn't that, that game? It was wonderful. <laughs> Those poor, poor Quakers. Shave the Amish. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was an idea. It wasn't a good idea, but goddammit, it, it was an idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's that's pretty much me. All right, I guess awesome. that means me. Um, I'm Chris Hammond. I'm 27. Uh, I have been gaming since I was 16 and really, really into philosophy. And there's a webcomic called Dresden Kodak that had a uh, game called, that had a few comics called Dungeons and Discourse. So I like, I showed up on their forums and people were working on trying to build the game. I'm like, I've never played done role playing before, but I'm 
a pretentious ass nerd. I can do this. You're reading Dresden Kodak, so yes. Yeah. Oh god, this is the worst. Like this was this was bad. Like I was super into less wrong and like all that rationalist cultist bullshit. Ugh. Yeah. Like I, I look at it now and I cringe and laugh a little bit. Yeah. So um, my very first foray into gaming was trying to create my own game. <laughs> and how did that go? Oh, wonderfully. That's why I have all the money forever. <laughs> Step three profit. Fuck step one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. Um, so my first foray into role playing proper was actually trying to build something with no knowledge. It was like uh, a lot of my life, really. <laughs> um, then I kind of got into D&D for a while and I started playing other like I, I started playing D20 games and thinking, wow, this is really bad. Like this, the, the system does not work and trying to find new and weirder things. So eventually I got obsessed with indie games and uh, I found the role-playing public radio crew as well. And the very first time I met Adam was when we were playing unknown, when I decided to run an unknown armies one shot where he shot off his toe. Chris is a heartless GM. I would like to add out there. Hey man, you rolled poorly with a shotgun. I, I did. <laughs> no, I, I had toes left, Chris. It was a pistol. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I thought it was a shotgun. Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, this is oh, well. a game where you stole somebody's heart and someone else ate it. So, it went it You went do what us. you can do. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, I'm, I've always been interested in gaming as a new form of creativity and collaboration. And that's when uh, I met Noah through his no left behind campaign. And then Adam mentioned he wanted to do a podcast. And I thought that was a great idea because... Gaming, like role-playing games, tabletop games in and of themselves are collaborative storytelling, and I want to help people get better at that faster, because it's a lot of fun when people are in the zone. I definitely agreed. Definitely. It seems like we all started with this fantasy Dungeons & Dragons, which I didn't even mention it. In fact, I didn't start with fantasies and Dungeons and & Dragons. What the fuck am I talking about? I started, <laughs> started with Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, Batman. You started with a superhero game. Batman, the motherfucking role-playing game, which I am going to break down and buy that and run that for us one day, just so... Do it. And then I could go, no, guys. I expect the game at Gen Con, sir. <laughs> I guess I better expedite some motherfucking shit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess I expect to be called in to play with that, because I'm poor? Don't worry. Just Skype me in. <laughs> yeah. Do we, we have... Last time I checked, we had like three downloads yesterday. I mean, I think the Patreon money's going to start flowing in. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I should just quit my job in fact, full time. In fact, I haven't set up a Patreon, nor do I plan on it in the future. It would be just kind of like me with a, with a can sitting <laughs> on the side of the street. Well, that's most Patreons, honestly. But <laughs> we'll pontificate about role-playing games for money or change. <laughs> Fantasy games were always kind of the forefront of my mind, despite starting out with superheroes. I did enjoy the the concepts of swords and Dungeons and Dragons and all, but I read the Dragonlance novels and all that kind of stuff as a teenager. But it was the other, it's kind of what you were talking about, Chris, it's the other games that really drew me in more. I remember looking at stuff on the internet and all of a sudden White Wolf seemed really appealing to my 16-year-old mind. Oh, Just, really? Oh, oh my, yeah. Were you oh, dark? Really? How dark were you? 
I had Marilyn Manson's Portrait of American Family on CD before anyone else in my county did. Oh, wow. That's so impressive. Like, <laughs> Why I know. Don't you tell us about you your think? tattoos, Adam. What did you think when <laughs> Kurt Cobain died? Uh, I was 14 years old when Kurt Cobain died, and me and my neighbor uh, recorded all the, um, like an album or two of Nirvana's on a computer and tried to play, play all the songs backwards to look for that cry for help. I was three. No shit. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You you point out my mortality daily, sir. I try. <laughs> yeah, I, I even kind of what Noah was alluding to there. Smugly, I might add, but uh, <laughs> uh, tattoo choices. I even went to a hobby shop that um, up in Lexington, Kentucky, and they had um, Vampire the Masquerade, like, the different clans, they had different pieces of jewelry. So I purchased a, um, I can't remember which cult, which clan it was, the vampires, but the one at the, the symbol looked like an ankh, but it had like more jagged points at the end of the. Oh my God. Um, a premiere, maybe? I don't know. Holy shit. I have a maze tattooed in the center of my chest. And this, that's even sadder and more pretentious. No, hear me out. Hear me out. It's, it's got a sweet <laughs> me. I bought a, that, bought that necklace that had the, the vampire cult, whatever, on it. And, uh, my then girlfriend at the time, uh, decided to borrow it. She liked the design and, you know, she lost it. So I got it. I never thought about it. And I just got, I kind of was sentimental about the necklace, not for <laughs> White Wolf. So I got the onk tattooed right in the center of my back. <laughs> And then I kind of, oh God, I think, I think it's the Sabat symbol. Uh, Sabat, Sabat for life, yo. Wait, aren't those the bad guys? Kind of. Uh, You know. That one? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're basically the bad guys as far as I can understand. Hey, my friend said it was a prince symbol, so I'll take the bad guys. (laughs) Fucking badass. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's when like the prince cry, symbol yo, if the prince symbol decided to become edgy <laughs> <laughs> so I have that tattooed between my shoulder blades and as an added bonus Noah cause remember the people at home don't know this but my tattoo theme is regret <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> apparently I was sitting in the seat funny or the art tattoo artist is drunk so it's also off center in my back <laughs> And the only way I could fix it was like any, any way that any good redneck can fix any fucking thing. Goddamn right I put flames around it. <laughs> Adam, we need a picture of this tattoo now. I can, I can, well, I can't easily take a picture of my back, but I will, pr- I will use this as the, <laughs> the uh, podcast. This will be the fucking image that goes with this podcast. <laughs> So, I was talking about fantasy, and then all of a sudden I start talking about tattoos and regrets. Because you, so you had to bring up Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. I also own Hunter, The Reckoning. I bought that book when I convinced a bunch of my friends, like, yeah, we'll play this. And then I sat down and looked at it and tried to run it, and it was a fucking train wreck. So I did it like every other mistake in my life. I hid from it. Oh, there, wow. there are no kids elsewhere. So... <laughs> but I, I digress. I digress. So I was going to this now. So we've kind of established who we are and the, and the choices we've made, good or bad. And 
Let's think about this. Uh, preference wise, I, I believe Chris is already, st- already, boy, I went dirty south on you, boys. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I was getting ready for Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Chris has already mentioned his preference towards the indie game scene. Noah, offhand, if you were going to pick some of your, your favorite systems or games that you played in, what would you say they are? Well, there's, there's definitely sort of like a disconnect between system and like setting. True. And some of them, cause so like, I really like Shadowrun. I've played a lot of Shadowrun, but, and while the, the system isn't terrible, it's not the best. I mean, there's just really nice like tactile feel of just throwing like a fistful of D6s on the table, but like it's, it gets like, really i don't know bad i'm just gonna go with bad it gets yeah, bad when you try and do bad. like like the minutia kind of stuff so it's really I, you know, I, not good not good <laughs> <laughs> but like i like Shadowrun. i like i like a lot of like d100 so percentile system games like eclipse phase and cthulhu delta green i'm trying to learn gumshoe and gonna run that hopefully soon. Once once we can kind of get a, a stable schedule, we we need to do a uh, character generation thing soon. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, but like I've I try to give everything its fair shot. Like I'll try certain types of like fantasy and things like that. But it, it not not a fan of D twenty overall. Mm. Yeah, so I like a lot of. Like sci-fi horror kind of theme stuff. Yeah. But I also like the, the sort of pulpy adventure. So like, uh, Savage Worlds. Savage Worlds is another fun system that I, I enjoy playing and running. Now you're a big Deadlands fan, or at least you were mm-hmm. at one point, weren't you? Yes. I, I like the Deadlands setting overall. Like there's a lot of meta plot stuff that can kind of get in the way, but you can just kind of ignore that and use the, the setting as is. Have you ever read the um, Felix Gilman? I have not. I suggest you check out his um, book, The Half-Built World. It's very Deadlands and very interesting. I think it would be right up your alley. Cool. I will take a note of that. Yeah. Chris, can you uh, iron down or hammer down or whatever down any particular game? You mentioned indie. Indie games, but is there anything that really just this is me? This is my jam. Do you, do you really have to ask me this? You, you know what it is. I know what it is, but uh, <laughs> the five people who will download this. <laughs> do we happen to interview the creator of what is your jam? <laughs> yes. No. It's true. One hundred percent. My thing is red markets. <laughs> no. That could uh, that's very good well be good my jam. Yeah. I no, love I, that game. I'm very much into uh, Unknown Armies and basically anything written by Greg Stolze. Unknown Armies, though, is just right up. It hits all my buttons. I like weird occult nonsense. I like criminality. I like postmodernism. I'm basically the worst person to have ever been a science major because everything about me suggests, like, fucking beret, beret-wearing English kid. Fucking English kids? Yeah. Don't you have a beret, or was that a different hat? I have a flat cap, <laughs> sir. Okay. No, I have one it's of those. It's just as pretentious, but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, 
don't you have an English degree, sir? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> well, that's a master's in English, don't you? No, my master's is in educational technology. That's even sadder. I don't even know what that means. I don't either, and I got the fucking degree. <laughs> it meant I took the class online, and I did not have to go back into a physical building. Okay. And now I teach computer games, <laughs> like making them. How's that work? An English degree. Well, it's some of the most rewarding things I've ever done. No shit. All it's right. math with an application. But um, So Unknown Armies, now you've exposed me to um, Dogs in the Vineyard and uh, several other off-the-beating-path games, too. Yeah, no, I, I honestly like narrative-based games for the most part. I, I think if you can... I think the game itself should not be focused on the rules so much as what the the theme, the genre that you're, you're trying to uh, deal with. Like, with Unknown Armies, it's occult conspiracies and... Like the whole David Icke lizardmen ruling the world, and you're trying to expose them through your weird ass GeoCities website. <laughs> meanwhile, Go Geo. yeah. Meanwhile, something like Apocalypse World is a very rules light system where you're trying to survive in this strange psychic apocalypse. Hmm. Like it, it's all about the way the rules uh, interact with the setting in some ways. Yeah. Now, I mentioned beforehand that I am a high school teacher, and it really is encouraging for me to uh, catch wind that certain kids, not really certain kids, but any kids are interested in tabletop role-playing games. And I actually had a group of um, assistants in my class, and I had nothing for them to assist me on. Essentially, I was a... um, a babysitter for that class, uh, for these kids, just to give them a place. But mm. um, it's babysitters club, <laughs> essentially. Uh, th- those guys could fix shit whenever like computers went wrong. I just didn't need them, you know, every day. And I found out I have a storage closet in my classroom, one of the few classrooms that do in the building where I keep my computer shit. And those guys were sitting back there playing Pathfinder, which. Tickled the shit out of me, man. I just, I love the concept. Now, and I even kind of poked my head in and, and checked out these games that the kids were running. And maybe this is kind of more of everyone's early experience, high school experiences and stuff like that. I noticed that these kids were not running a game that was heavily entrenched in story. Of course, we're talking about a younger group that's playing, but it was more of a, here's the obstacle, crush it. Here's the obstacle crush it more and more. Maybe that's kind of the initial appeal, you think, possibly of Dungeons and & Dragons and a lot of these high fantasy games. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's killing things and taking their stuff. Yeah. So we've already mentioned uh, a little bit of why I started a podcast, but I would like to kind of elaborate on it. So sum everything up. We got together to play games online, formed a friendship. Ah. Uh, Oh, yeah, the fuzzies. I feel the fuzzies. Don't worry, guys. I, it's more like I, just making fun of each other for our bad decisions. I see you guys are game place acquaintances. Well, Chris, I guess you're going to save me postage because I bought a heart that was divided into three and each one of us is going to have a part of this heart. <laughs> but, but, fuck you. I'll keep that broken part next to my heart. I've already told you I'm a robot. I don't have a heart. <laughs> now, let me tell you about... I wanted a heart. Let me tell you about less wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the main reason 
for me, I, I needed a creative outlet. I've, it's been established by me talking about being 14 and Chris talking about being four or three when Kurt Cobain died. Um, I don't have a lot of creative outlets. I, I go to work, I go home, I do the family stuff, and that's great, and that's the most rewarding. I don't want to downplay any of that, but I needed something that something to be creative with, and this seems like the greatest outlet and to possibly join a bigger conversation that's going on amongst podcasters about tabletop role-playing games. And my wife doesn't mind it as much as if I had a band out in the garage trying to play music and stuff like that. Ooh. So, you know, it works out great. Ooh. Oh, God, now I'm cringing. <laughs> Dude, I almost fucking opened up for Vanilla Ice. Yeah, but now you're 36 and you have two children. I know. And you're a high school teacher. Like, this is, like, you're, you're getting into, like, midlife crisis if you start a band at this age. <laughs> That's why they're called crisis. But, um, anyway, that's kind of the the uh, original uh, genesis of the idea of a podcast. And then, and I can actually give you guys some actual figures here too. It started out just wanting something creative and no one, Chris jumped on board, very gracious on that. And, um, but we, and we've actually been recording stuff since roughly about the beginning of 2015. So we've been recording off and on for a year and we have, five episodes, two of which were interviews that were done without, you know, like, re- like we researched for the questions and all that, but, you know, it, it wasn't really a premeditated thing. So over the course of 12 months, we probably generated maybe two good episodes out of... So, so out of the saying, <laughs> be prepared for a consistent release schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we, re- we really, really polished these turrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I edit the fuck out of this. For every minute that you're listening to, it takes me at least two to fix the um and us. And everyone we've interviewed so far... <laughs> Wait, the what? There's stuff. nothing there. You edited it out. <laughs> yeah. You will appreciate that later. <laughs> but um, one day you'll just get worn down like a river rock and there'll just be nothing left. Yeah. I'll just I'll just start throwing fuck it, this is it. Like, you'll have to put in extra. <laughs> oh I have I have you just two have, gigs of extra laying around here. I say so you just have all the extra uhs and ums just in its own file ready to Wow, be- Chris is far more profane than I thought. <laughs> The, um, what I was trying to get at though with that is at a certain point, it became a great excuse just to sit down with my friends and bullshit and drink a beer and have a good time. So, so anyway, going this route, what was your appeal to it? Just offhand, I think Chris mentioned a little bit, just like, Hey, that sounds fun. Yeah. No, it, for me, it was, this sounds like tons of fun. And, uh, hmm. I, this is sad, but um, this is like my Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 10, hours thing. Like, I've GM'd a lot over the last 10 years, so I kind of think I'm all right at it. Oh, yeah. I definitely learn whenever, every time I play with you guys. Yeah, I definitely think big impetus for me is just to both, like, hang out with you guys more and, like, kind of shoot the shit and all that. Yeah. And being able to discuss like all these different topics, especially I know it it helps me like try and get everything ordered out in my head, especially when I'm thinking about like trying to run a game or trying to come up with a scenario, stuff like that. It can definitely help 
get everything kind of straightened out. And hopefully with us doing this, we can help anybody out there listening. Help them get their games in order, help them learn how to be a good role player, be a good GM. Yeah. I've bought books. I've looked on websites, forums, all that, just trying to figure out how to be a good GM. I think before I started playing with you guys, I had two or three failed attempts. Um, the m- most success I ever had GMing was just more or less storytelling without a rule system or anything other than just dice and just me just making up a story on off the cuff and my friends playing it with me. I think that's the best luck that I had. But I was always, and at least in the beginning of this renaissance for me, I've, I've been looking for something to that's geared toward me that's geared toward somebody who is tipping their like kind of you know touching their toes down into the water so to speak and this is really what i'm hoping to create with this podcast something that people are going to enjoy find humorous but also pull something back from i can give you a perfect example right here there's certain things that are kind of intuitive and unspoken in, the, in a role-playing game, like such as, and this is something you guys have experienced with me firsthand, giving your characters a a, a reason to, to play the game, giving your characters that hook and all that. And uh, about two months ago, found, I had this story lined up. I was wanting to try it in a dirty world, different system and stuff like that. Read the rules, thought I had it down pat and all that. And I'm going through this story and it starts at a funeral, at a, um, pretty much a funeral visitation, which is kind of fitting because that's really the atmosphere that I was creating within that game. It was just like, <laughs> we're, there's a corpse. Okay. Go look at it. All right. Say some nice things to the corpse. Okay. That's kind of how my game was going. And eventually one of you guys very politely told me, and I do mean that politely, that uh, our characters don't have a reason to do anything. We don't have a real intrinsic need to investigate the murder that's going on in here. Whereas I just kind of thought, you know, hey, somebody's dead. Let's go look at it. Figure things out. (laughs) The whole stand by me, hey, you guys have a dead body? Yeah. (laughs) And... After it happened, I was, I mean, it didn't embarrass me. I'm, I do want, to, I'm going to make myself redo that game again. Don't get me wrong, but it embarrassed me in the fact that one of the core foundations of any good story and me with an English degree and me having researched and prepared for this game like I did, I left out the most crucial foundational step. So if I can help somebody prepare for, you know, similar problems or at least in the back of their mind, why would they want to do this? Then I would call this a success. Being able to help anybody out there with being able to run their games smoothly, with being able to come up with like good hooks, just helping you be a, a good dungeon master or game master or whatever other like proprietary terms people use. Yeah. That role. Or maybe even player for that yeah. matter. And yeah, and being, and yeah, like being a good player and being a good GM aren't mutually exclusive. Like they kind of mix and meld and understanding what the GM is doing and understanding what the players are doing helps both. Awesome. I agree with that. 
So, as we mentioned, as far as uh, the initial concept behind the podcast, we're trying to help out beginning GMs and beginning players. But there's really only going to be so much of that before we kind of start tripping over ourselves on topics and so forth. So, I know a few things that I've been playing with in the back of my mind has been showcasing particular games and particular systems. And it's like... For example, Noah, with your game that you're, you've mentioned with us in the past about running for Knights Black Agents, I think that would be a great time to break the game down and the gumshoe system in general and talk about what we like, what we don't like, and would, you know, will we recommend this? And yeah, ideally, ideally, vampires. I'm, no shit, dude. That's the, like, as soon as I got back into role playing, that was the first game that I bought was Knights Black Agents. Nice. It was all thanks to Traps of Tokyo. Oh, that other clusterfuck of a game. <laughs> I love it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I also kind of had this idea, too, whenever we tried to do Eclipse Fates a little bit back, and I realized I fucked up character generation monumentally and so forth. I even thought about doing like a... Um, like an Eclipse Fates journey... Uh, not journey, excuse me, but in like an Eclipse Fates journal, so... You know, something something that you should do is get um the the life path creation for eclipse phase and do all random rolls. Yes. You will get some weird characters. Oh my god, I want to load up singular so, and do that right now. I got um I did it off of the book before Singularity had come out, and I got a forty five year old Bengalese man with 95 eye rep in a flat. (laughs) (laughs) He he had made it through, made it through the fall. He was like proxy level, like reputation with firewall and all in his original body. It was amazing. All right. I'm doing this, doing this live. (laughs) It's happening guys. Um, But yeah, like, I know we're, we're, I'm planning on running Night's Black Agents soon, and I think we're just going to record pretty much everything from like when we actually sit down to do character generation to when we actually run the games, and then we'll, we'll do like discussions, probably at like certain like points. Uh, probably once we get done with the first portion of the campaign and I kind of figure out if I'm enjoying the system or not, we can sit down and talk about that and kind of explain like what we like about the system, what we don't like, stuff like that. I kind of also like to set something up whenever we do this. Is in college, I was an English major, and we had writing workshops where you would create a piece, and you would share it with the entire class, and everybody would have a roundtable discussion about it. And I think, while I've heard this in other uh, actual play co- podcasts where they do questions, comments, suggestions, stuff like that, I would. Mm-hmm. I think that if we took an opportunity and actually workshopped the piece Mm -hmm. and just see where it goes. Like with, with the, I know you were looking at doing uh, the Dubai. What was it called? Uh, I forget. It's the Dubai something or other. Reckoning? Yeah. Dubai reckoning. Dubai reckoning. Like we would just kind of go over something like that. And I think that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm always willing to uh, talk about monkeying around with the mechanics and figuring out what makes things work the way they do. Yeah. Right. 
I'll probably, when we start dropping an actual play podcast, I will just throw it in with the regular feed and just indicate it as being an actual play. I played with the uh, concept of doing a uh, separate feed for actual plays, but to be honest with you, I don't think we could generate enough of those to justify a monthly subscription. That'd have to be a lot of content. I know I also want to do something Savage Worlds in the future, um, and we can talk about that, (coughs) along with Eclipse Phase and like Delta Green, kind of more standard game systems. Okay, guys, just uh, to fill you in, right now I am a researcher who speaks Sudanese Arabic. Nice. <laughs> and you're not even done yet. Nope. Oh, I have to roll my path. We should do my youth path. I want to play. I want to play that game, Chris. If we all generate just some random thing, you're fucking stuck with it. Like, go. So what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good, good news, my youth path is I was wholesome. I'm a wholesome <laughs> Sudanese Arabic researcher. Like you do, like you do. <clears throat> i tell you one of the um, things that I've enjoyed so far with our very limited experience with the podcast is the opportunity to speak with our two guests on the show, which was a great experience. They were getting to speak with Greg Stosey and Caleb Stokes. That was definitely a, a big perk for having... A podcast is these opportunities it presents, and I look forward to seeing who else we can get on the show at oh. some point. Oh, I'm super excited about that. That's the best part in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, to meet all these these great uh, game creators and stuff like that, the, the the people that are behind the games that we are playing and getting to talk to them about it is, is pretty great, yeah. Shooting on with that. So, well, Chris, while you're generating this Frankenstein's creation here, let me tell you about everything here at um, at beautiful Thornsburg Studios here. <sighs> so, been trying to learn software. I was using a Skype recorder. If any, if any of you all listened to these Caleb Stokes interview, software went a little south. So, we're trying Zencaster right now, and I've also went out and purchased a um, digital mixing board, and I just got a few tweaks, and we're going to be doing a Mix Minus setup, which is more or less... My mixer works as my mic, and then I run it into the computer, and I can actually turn your guys' voices off so you don't hear yourself, if that makes sense. Okay, that's so, that's cool. That's, that's just something I've been playing with here, but uh, we also have a website for the time being, and doesn't get a lot of traffic, but uh, if I you're a spam know. bot... I'll- Free animal sex <laughs> is uh, all about us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's what Chris is alluding to here is when I first started this, I left the comments wide open because I'm like, stupid. That's kind of what I was doing. <laughs> and so I left these comments wide open, and all of a sudden I started getting like the occasional spam bot like, I have enjoyed your reading your website. It is extremely good stuff. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it's kind of disappointing, but I left it on, and then one day I came in, and there was like 30 spam messages that were published on the website, and I had to pop them out. And several of them were like, free animal sex pics. And I think I've got somewhere between five or six links for free animal sex pics. And I, I, hope, I hope you people at home don't judge me, or any of us, but we actually clicked one of the links one time. <laughs> you clicked one of the links I, one I, time. I, I, I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> And, you know, the worst part is it wasn't even fucking free animal sex. It was a Costco gift card, which is very yeah, helpful. Thank you, free animal sex. But 
<laughs> I would rather have a Costco gift card. So yeah, that's kind of the been the weird thing. It's just, and I've I've noticed the science behind this, so to speak, our stuff where it's like us talking about choosing a game system and genre and stuff like that. We get a couple comments, but the way the internet works is apparently they can tell what our, our high traffic episodes are, and then they just spam the hell out of them. So, in the, for example, in the Caleb Stokes interview, I have 66 comments just pending my deletion of them right now. There may be a real comment in there somewhere. I, I just, yeah, I kind of glance at it. So if I've deleted your comment, you know, you shouldn't have been propositioning me for animal sex websites. And um, That's really how you know how to get through. Talk to us about the free animal sex. Here's a good one. I really love your website. Excellent colors and theme. Did you make this site yourself? Please reply back. I am hoping to create my own website and would love to find out where you got this from. Sounds legit. Or what the theme is called. Yep. It's called WordPress, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... Is the commenter WordPress, bitches? Because that would be amazing. No, no. Ah, oh, that's that's all that's all Thornsburger, man. But I can tell you this: that is that has been like an unexpected bit of it. So maybe next year, this year, whenever I go to re-up the website, I may go for a smaller, less intrusive kind of package and stuff like that. Because and eh, seems like the majority of stuff is coming through iTunes and whatnot. So I think I figured out how podcasting works. Noah, are you happy about this? Possibly, I, I figured it out. I mean, it's it's good to good to hear <laughs> that, that we're we're finally kind of getting a handle on it on that elusive beast that is podcasting. Did you t- did you, you the, say that uh, or or whatever it is? Uh, here's what I, way I figured it out: like you you get a big name out there, like say for example Greg Stosey. Like the day that I launched Greg Stosey's interview, we had 47 downloads. And uh, a lot of them were Greg Sozy. People show up for Sozy, and then they hang around for us. And then, you know, it, it kind of did good. And then we kind of hit a lull like we're hitting right now because I haven't updated the, wet, the podcast for a while. And then we we throw Caleb Stokes on there. And then, by the way, Stokes' day, he had 60 downloads in his initial day, followed by like 25 and 26 on the following days. I mean, it just... If this is any indication, of course, we all know how Red Marcus is doing right now, then yeah. mm-hmm. that's precursor. And then people will hang around and listen to the other stuff. So you get them with the big names, and then you're like, hey, if you like Greg Stosey, you'll love this. Crack. <laughs> Was that a Mitch Hedberg reference there, sir? I, I have no no comment. Oh, you love Snapple. You don't go do a Snapple? Crack. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, in a nutshell, that's kind of what we're looking, we're doing here on the on the podcast. So, overall, just to sum everything up, we're just a couple guys that enjoy the hobby, or in my case, trying to establish myself in a hobby here. And uh, to use educator terms, I am talking out of my head, so to speak, or thinking out of my head. I'm like modeling as I teach a lesson, so to speak. So I, I fuck up. I Talk about where I fucked up, and we go back and try to fix it, and, you know, things like that. Right. In summation, the end of a, a high school presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki de- I mean, Wikipedia defines a podcast as... <laughs> Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> One time, um, I, wrote a, uh, I wrote a paper for my, like, first-year college course about um, the philosophy of mind and dropped Blade Runner into it. 
And uh, we, the one thing we had to do was like use a, a quote from a specific school, like a specific, uh, what's it called, uh, source. And mm-hmm. I looked at the source. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. So I wrote a paper without it. <laughs> and my uh, TA comes back. She's like, hey, you did. This was really good and deserves an A. I'm going to fail you. So, oh my gosh. So she forced me to rewrite it. And I put in like the most annoyed, angry source possible. Like, basically, it was, like, it was something by Francis Fukuyama. Like, yeah, this, no. So just so you guys know, this man is full of shit. And this is, I'm, this is in my paper because it needs to be, but it's full of shit. Oh, wow. I still got an A. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, by the way, yep. you were in a desert walking along in the sand. <laughs> when all of a sudden you look down and... Uh, you see a tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> What's a tortoise? <laughs> you know what a turtle is? Yes. Same horses. thing. Same thing. This is actually a turtle. This is exactly what I uh, quoted too. I I went with the Voight-Kampff test because <laughs> it's the best part. It's the most interesting part of that movie. Shows so you his butterfly collection in the killing jar. <laughs> I tell, the tortoise I, lays. I take him to the hospital or what? What was it again? Uh, I think she has him committed. Yeah, I think that was her answer. Basically, tortoise slides on his back and his belly is baking in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> beating his legs, trying to turn itself over, but it can't. You not don't help you. it. <laughs> Why aren't you helping it? What do you mean I'm not helping? Um, so, guys, I'm, glad you you I'm not helping it because it should be able to help itself. You know, like in Obama's America, this isn't some nanny <laughs> states. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't want to go into work feeling angry so we can stop talking about him right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not not the president Dinesh D'Souza. I I can't stand the man. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad everybody downloaded us to hear us like wax yeah, poetic on uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> I love Blade Runner, and I never it's mind. Legi- it's legitimately yeah. one of my favorite films. It has some very in deep thoughts on uh, what it means to be human. Yep, great movie. Yeah, I even uh, played the video game. There was a video. Oh, yeah, game. yeah, there was, there was an old game. like. Was it was it PC or was it? Uh, it was PC. Yeah, I think it was basically like a, a point and click adventure kind of it thing. It was. Yeah, and it more or less just took you through the the storyline. Which yeah. version? Which cut of the storyline? Well, you can basically be a replicant on this if you wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Fun. Good times. Yep. So. Okay, so it seems like that's about all we have uh, for today. I'd like to thank you again for tuning in uh, for another episode of the Real Plane Exchange. I am your host, Adam, joined by... I'm Noah. And I'm Chris. And check us out at roleplaneexchange.com. Like, link, or subscribe. And uh, feel free to comment so long as your name is Free Animal Sex. <laughs> okay, that's not the only the only way you could comment. Um, okay, fine. You can also find us on Twitter at rpexchange, correct? Correct. Yes, but you will not find us on Facebook as R- the Real Point Exchange because a bunch of furries already took that fucking name. So, oh god, we did not think about this at all. <laughs> no, we didn't. Don't ever give up. Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 2-0. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go. 
let it go. Let it roll, let it roll, let it roll. 